Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. I'm getting to do a podcast with author Genevieve Novak and I am so much looking forward to it. Crashing was kind of like an insta-made-me-do-it book for me. I thought going into it that I would be 20 years too old and have never really lived that lifestyle. So I wasn't expecting to get very much out of it, but oh my goodness, I devoured it. I could not put it down. This is such a fun read. Oh my goodness, am I late to the Genevieve Novak party? She is hilarious. She is really witty and clever insightful, funny. So she is also the author of No Hard Feelings, which I haven't read yet, but I'm certainly going to. She's also a journalist. This is an exciting one for me because for the first time we get to do a book giveaway. Yay! I'm running it over on Instagram and it'll just be a, you know, like and tag, go in for the chance to win a copy of Crashing. Um, So get excited for that and I'll be getting that together in the next day. So looking forward to doing that very much so. And having had the opportunity and taking it up on Notch with my podcast is very exciting so I'm really stoked about that but also can't detract from the fact that I'm super excited to be speaking with Genevieve this afternoon I cannot wait to get started so thank you very much and settle in for a great chat I think she's going to be delightful this was such a good chance to go through all old boyfriend yeah I love talking about this stuff and I love yeah writing about it what's the point of all my relationship trauma if I can't cross it off? <laughs> like Taylor Swift I think she yeah it's, you know, you go into relationships and you're like, mm, it would be nice if this worked out, but it would also be fine if it really exploded in a terrible <laughs> way. <laughs> well, so I'm 45 and reading Crashing Now, I think it's in lots of people's reviews, but I wish I could give it to my younger self. What a novel. Oh, well, such a gift. Thank you. No, I'm glad you enjoyed it. The um, Your 20s are a tough time. <laughs> Um, and I'm really glad to be out of them myself, thank goodness. But it's still early days. I haven't really settled into my 30s yet, but they're fun in a different way. And I'll have, I'll turn 40 and be grateful that I'm not in my 30s anymore. So we're all. Oh, funny. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the stage of life that I'm in now. So comfortable. Yeah. So. <laughs> so easy. Oh, the amount of fucks that I give as a 31 year old is so much less than any. Any other point in my life, I do not care about it. It just gets better and better. Yeah, get excited. I'm looking forward. (laughs) Especially when you've got as much talent as you do. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe how talented you are. Congratulations. Oh, makes me all uncomfortable, but thank you. Oh, get out. Oh my goodness. From now on, you're just, I haven't read No Hard Feelings, but I've ordered it now and I cannot wait to read it. Oh my goodness. Now on, you are an auto buy. Thematically, they're comparable. They're, you know, being a hot mess in your 20s. Um, but I think that Crushing is the stronger example, both because, you know, it's it's the newer one, so I prefer it because I've been talking about the old one for a year. I'm sick of that. Um, so, um, and, yeah, it's, you know, you keep writing and you keep getting better. So I think that Crushing is stronger. But, I mean, I have affection for them both. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you don't have a favourite. Oh, my goodness. No, I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Cannot wait to get into it. I think it's going to be great. I'm really excited. 
how did you even come to writing fiction? I think it's such an Oh, um, so how did I come to write fiction? Um, I think I've, I've never really been um, very good with nonfiction, even as a reader. And I mean, I write essays and, and yes. columns and articles and things, and that's kind of a different experience. But fiction is much more personal, which is a very wanky thing to say. But um, yeah, writing writing fictional stories is kind of gets to the heart of whatever I'm trying to discuss and reveals me in a very different way that's both much more vulnerable and much safer through the lens of a character. So mm-hmm. um, so I've always been interested in, in writing fiction because I've always read fiction. Um, but I, you know, I went to uni for creative writing and I did all kinds of nonfiction, fiction writing through all of that. And then yeah, I didn't write for a long time because I got into advertising and I was a copywriter and that's, you just burn out. You don't want to use your creative yeah, brain absolutely. at the end of the day with that. Yeah, um, and then, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to use words anymore. I've used them all up all day. Um, and then lockdowns hit and it was kind of creeping towards my 30th birthday and I kind of didn't have this big accomplishment to show for it. So I thought, well, I'd better get to work on that book I've been telling people I've been writing for the last 10 years. So I (laughs) sat down and got it done mostly, yeah, out of just pure boredom and a little bit of, a little bit of spite for the people who were my age and more successful than me. And I couldn't (laughs) handle the jealousy for it. Oh, bless. What a great use of lockdown. See, if you had have actually been burnt out, you would have just kept going with the no words and the 30 could easily become 40, could easily become 50. You could be writing a novel in your 60s. There is no, yeah. There's no limit if you if you get around to it, when you get around to it. It's a time-involved thing. You know, if you have any semblance of a life, there's it's oh very God. difficult to get it done. Yes. Um, I, and the second one I wrote out of lockdown and while I was trying to be a good friend and meet people and date and I also still have a full-time job and that, yeah, I was unpleasant for the, the six or eight months that I spent writing Crushing. Um, it is an involved process. If it takes you 50 years to write your novel, take the 50 years. It's fine. No <laughs> one's counting. Such a good point. I think that's. <laughs> but yeah, gosh, you used lockdown so beautifully. What an accomplishment. What an achievement. Nothing else to do. I'm in Melbourne. There was there was nothing else to do. You run out of TV like two weeks in. Oh, goodness. Well, but then to keep going with it as well. I know that No Hard Feelings was very well received and yeah, created it. It was one of those um hypey ones. I kept seeing it around. I wanted to get to it. Yeah. All of our two be red stacks are a mile high. Mine's all in boxes at the moment. And yeah, seeing all the books that I'm supposed to be reading stacked into a box was much more distressing than I thought it would be. It's yeah, impossible to get to everything that you want to read whenever you want to read it. And yeah, especially No Hard Feelings and, and Now Crushing were such such social media books. There was such an Instagram kind of moment um, that when the kind of next book comes along, which it always does the following month, you know, Happy Place comes out and things like that. You move on and then you kind of forget that it's on your to-be-read and you get about the next one. So, you know, you get around to it eventually. Oh, it's such a... It's so hard. I've had a gap year. I had a bookshop, coffee shop in Cronulla. So I loved all of the waitressing. Um, mm. that I loved that she loved being a waitress. I loved my waitressing time. Oh. I thought that was just really, yeah. really sweet. But yeah, I so was I- high school and uni and it was so such a messy, weird time and such a weird industry with no personal boundaries or professionalism or anything. And I had so much fun doing it. The uh, the entire experience. I was mostly bars and restaurants more than more than cafes. But I loved it and I always have in the back of my mind when my day job is getting overwhelming like I should just go 
back to the restaurant that I worked at in Adelaide and just have that life back. That was a lovely time and I could I could do that forever. Um, and then I forget all the all the like the 80 times that I quit in the seven years that I worked there. That's <laughs> not, not, not really yeah, it's kind of too restaurant that I worked at in Adelaide as a as a teenager and as a 20 something trained me so poorly that when I moved oh. overseas from a gap year or I tried to get a job at another restaurant, I got fired so quickly from everywhere <laughs> that I worked. I had all my training was terrible and I'm not like upbeat and friendly all the like any of the time but certainly not you know when tables are busy and it's frustrating I'm just like I'm not I don't have good waitress disposition so I got fired (laughs) a a lot and needed a boss like Kit who wasn't gonna fire me yeah (laughs) oh he was gorgeous yeah Yeah. God gets all the glory in this story but Kit is my favorite loved Kit absolutely loved Kit as an owner of a cafe Kit and I, oh, we could have bonded. Loved him. Yeah. Loved him. No, what, what a, I, I wish that I could have found another way to give him more screen time because I just loved everything about him. But kind of the more I tried to involve him, the more I had to give him challenges. And he was just too perfect. I didn't want to disrupt his life. I just wanted him to sit there and be grumpy and and just perfect. I just living his best life. Absolutely. Yeah. He was gorgeous. <laughs> I, I mean, I was pitching it on the fly. I had written No Hard Feelings and we had submitted that to the publisher and they were like, cool, what else have you got? And my agent was like, they want to give you a two book deal. Give them another book to, to sign you on for. And I just had to go, oh my God, I have no idea. Uh, this and just vomited it up. So all I had was, yeah, a rom-com about a girlfriend girl who takes a break from dating back and said, interesting, but absolutely. Yeah. For sure. And haven't we all been that type of person who will mould themselves into whoever your current boyfriend is at the time? It's the most saddest way to spend time. What a waste. Oh, it is. And, you know, you don't notice how how bad it's got until you kind of start getting out of it. And you're like, I did not care about, I don't know, metal music or going camping or any of I didn't like any of this stuff why did I just spend two years pretending I did it's yeah it's such a relief when you finally realize that you're over someone when you just don't care about all the dumb stuff they care about anymore (laughs) that's fantastic honestly I wish I could have given this book to my younger self (laughs) I wrote it because my younger self needed to hear it oh yeah absolutely God, what a gift you have given to everybody in their 20s, I tell you. Let's hope they listen. They absolutely won't. You're, it doesn't matter what you tell anyone oh. in their 20s. They're going to be dumb the whole way through. There's no, you can't teach anyone anything. They'll figure it out when they figure it out. <laughs> oh, man, I like to think all I needed was the book, but you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I remember being in relationships at the time when my friends were like, this is terrible for you. Here are all the reasons why this is a bad choice. And I was just, no, you're wrong. Even though everything you've said is 100% correct and I acknowledge you at every step of the way, no, I'm going to I'm gonna date this guy another six months and really get the trauma really deep. see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah. Just for the content. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I it, this crushing is absolutely everywhere. I've seen it everywhere, all on my socials, all on TikTok when I am brave enough to get on and sing. Oh, my goodness, the 20-year-olds who are reading it now. <laughs> it's, it's having its moment, which is um, lovely for me and also a little bit terrifying because, you know, someone's inside your brain, all of these private thoughts are so, suddenly no longer yours. Um, and, you know, most people have been absolutely lovely about it. But even if someone's like, yeah, I really liked this. Well, did you really like it or did you love it? Why is it Why is it four stars? Why is it four and a half? Why isn't it six stars? Why you, you only want people to absolutely love your work and any kind of criticism, especially this early in the publishing process, kind of the first couple of 
of weeks after it's out, you're so sensitive to it. And any kind of criticism is so, oh, just it, it gets you way deeper than it would, you know, in six months. No, oh, I care at all. But in the first couple of weeks, yeah, you just, people are only allowed to love it. Nothing, nothing but abject adoration for me. Oh, but aren't they though? Oh my goodness. No. I am not the only one who's reviews contained. I wish I could give this to my younger self. <laughs> it's, it's been very positive. There is so much so love for crushing. Yeah, it was very nice. Well, it's wonderful. It's so good. How nice were the female friendships in here? Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Oh, I mean, it's a it's a love letter to female friendship yeah, more than anything. Absolutely. Else. There are, you know, big um romance themes and tropes that we're playing with, but for the most part, um, her love story is with Claude, her housemate, who, mm-hmm. you know, she just clicks with instantly and they fight like a married couple and they rely on each other and they do terrible things to each other and they forgive one another. It's a beautiful, beautiful story and says so much about you know, the female friendships that I have, that I rely on, that have friends that become family members is so important, especially in your 20s, especially when you're screwing up constantly. 100%, yeah. Yeah, you need your you need your bestie. And without when, you know, when they disappear, even if it's, you know, maybe they go on a, a six-month gap year, you are just lost without your your other half. And it's really hard to, to live without them. And it's so, so good when you do stumble into them and you find them and, it, you know, you just know. I've had the same BF since I was, oh, since year 11, actually. So for mm. like 25 years and we were just saying exactly the same thing. Like, it's so nice. Yeah, yeah sure. it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> my, um, my oldest friend um, I met when I was nine years old and we've kind of, you know, I'm, we're 32 now. And so over that lifetime, you kind of ebb and flow in closeness where, you know, she lives in Sydney, so we don't get to see each other every weekend kind of thing. And then life gets in the way you don't talk for a couple of months and then you catch up for dinner and no time has passed whatsoever yeah, that. yeah. is that's so special and you know I have an older sister who I love like a sister but Erin my bestie is you know as much my sister as as blood so it's so so important who the hell would I be without that woman in my life I have no <laughs> idea Oh, that is so gorgeous. But I also, I loved, I have three sisters. So to see that sister bond as well. And, you know, she's busy. We're all busy. But you can absolutely, yeah, I really loved that too. Oh, there's no one that you can fight with like your sister. It doesn't matter. You can be the absolute worst person in the world to this person and you inevitably will be whether you, you know, no matter how hard you try, you can't love someone that long without screwing it up a little bit or having a fight or drifting apart or life stages get to different points. But it was so lovely to write a relationship between two sisters because my sister and I, like Nicola and Marnie, have quite a big age gap. So mm-hmm. it has taken a long time for us to match up to each other in in our points in our lives. Um, and so I had got closer to my sister kind of over lockdown she was a stay-at-home mum and I like having someone on the phone and so she's always at home so I got her phone with her so I just call and talk absolute nonsense Mm -hmm. Um, and so we started getting really close and that was lovely and then the more I was writing this relationship the more I could see dynamics that I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to pull from my relationship with my sister but sisters are a lot of us are very alike the kind of reliances that we have on each other and the way that we see each other for exactly who we are good and bad and the things that we can acknowledge there's the things that my sister knows about me that I don't know about myself that yeah um you know there is an intimacy that that can't be can't be matched and so writing the relationship between those two sisters helped me get closer to my sister again and kind of bring that to yeah a friendlier level where 
yeah, she's my buddy. I'll call her with boy troubles and things in a way that it's not just calling to bitch about mum and whatever <laughs> thing she's got up to this week. It's been so it was really, really nice that that fiction could bridge that for us as well. Oh, that's so lovely. That's so nice. Well, I just loved seeing that reflected back on the page. So there's 15 years between my sister and I. There's like seven of us in the family. But so it was just, it was so nice. Yeah, I really loved it. Well, thank you. No, I'm really glad. Because it's so true. You you watch your sisters grow, especially when mm. that big age gap, and mm. yeah, you definitely see things and, and appreciate yeah. things. Yeah, I think she's doing a great job. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really fun. I love my sister, but, you know, we can only be nice to each other. If anyone's listening in, it has to be like, yeah, she's cool, but here's a bunch of embarrassing stories about her from when she yeah. was 16. That's, you know, you've got to keep them bothered. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it was also so nice to see Melbourne after lockdown. You worry for Melbourne, but this was just so lovely. Yeah. You guys had the yeah. worst lockdown ever. Yeah, we did. Um, I mean, I liked lockdown. I'm, I'm that introverted and have that many jobs going on that I could really use in the lockdown for, for book three, honestly. Um, but I, you know, we learned with um, with the pandemic that you couldn't kind of write to the future. I couldn't have, if I sat down to write a book in 2019 and I was basing it in 2020, I couldn't, I, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to write a story as I started writing it in 2021 and, and 2022, I couldn't base it in like 2019 and earlier because I was just going to forget everything that had happened. Yeah. And then yeah. contemporary novels where all the references are there all the time. So I, it was just going to be too much kind of continuity stuff for me to bother yeah. in the past. Um, but I also, you know, We've all lived through lockdown. We are sick of hearing about it. I didn't want to write a lockdown novel. And there are, you know, films and and things that have come out of lockdown that have been about lockdown that I really enjoyed, but they all kind of tell the same story about, um, you know, everything's quite sedate and then you get forced into this pressure cooker and something comes out of it. And I didn't really have a story to tell about that that didn't feel like I was just copying all the all the films that had come oh, out no, about this it. just felt like a rom-com but yeah and so I wanted to, yeah I wanted to base it at the end of the pandemic and then it made sense for hospitality to be the um the industry that Marnie's in because hospitality was so affected by yeah. lockdowns especially yeah. those little you know family-run cafes and things there and you know the the cbd is still weird and kind of it's getting there but it's different now and the way that we interact with hospitality has changed and you know so much more my friends and i we don't go out to dinner unless we can book because you know it's just become your habit that there are yeah hospitality is has changed the way that we interact Mm. with it has changed i really enjoyed one getting to um to showcase melbourne hospitality because it's great especially culture in melbourne is is such a thing Mm -hmm. um but also then to yeah give it give it a bit of a a love story to to that relationship and to those dynamics was was really nice and yeah i got to an absolute mountain of coffee getting through it in the name (laughs) of research so that was there was research yeah so many consults that i had to have for research absolutely yeah i wouldn't doubt it i would not doubt it at all I actually bought a couple of croissants to use for my flat lay. Of course, absolutely. No, I no, I probably yeah, hundreds if not thousands of croissants eaten over the uh, the writing process. Oh, perfect. <laughs> this might not be a love letter to finding your 
romantic match, but it absolutely is one to friendship and to hospitality. I just, I loved seeing that. I thought that was just the best. So sweet. Oh, it's so much fun. I, yeah, I could go back and work in hospitality any day of the week until I got that job. And then, you know, I've worked in an office for the last 10 years. Once I have to get up and move things around and be nice to people all day, I'll change my mind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, honestly, even while owning a cafe, you're still thinking, man, I reckon the easiest job would be waitressing right now. Like, I think <laughs> I think that's my get out of jail. I think that's my. <laughs> it's nice. I always liked bartending because people were just stoked to see you all the time. And all you had to do was just you sling them their drinks and then they wander off and you don't have to deal with them anymore. <laughs> Until, you know, the end of the night. Yeah, I never worked in a bar. Oh, well, next life. (laughs) Oh, that is so cool. So tell me about the cover. I love the cover. Oh, the cover's beautiful. Yeah, well, it's hard to compete with the No Hard Feelings cover because that was so so gorgeous. Um, So it was the same designer for both covers, which which was great, both because um, I kind of know her through a friend of a friend and we've DM'd a bunch of times. We never actually got around to meeting, but she's super cool and she gets the voice and she gets the tone of everything um, in a way that, you know, a massive publisher will read your book and they'll understand it. But it's nice to have someone who's kind of, you know, who's lived it and who's in the the demographic and knows how to communicate with them in that very, very specific Genevieve Novak kind of way. And, yeah, we the No Hard Feelings cover was the first. Here's our first draft. What do you think? Yep, perfect, signed off, send it to print. This one uh, was a few rounds of trying to get it exactly right, um, both because you have to, yeah, compete with the No Hard Feelings cover and also tie it in so that it feels consistent. But we also wanted uh, the cover to say a lot of things about the story without it being overt. So, you know, she's uh, upside down and she's got her hand covering her eyes as she looks into Mm -hmm. the sun. You know, she's making a bad choice, but willingly doing it. And she's kind of half in the shadows. And there's, you know, there's a lot of of metaphors going in there. And, you know, I... um, Yeah, absolutely. There's so much going on in this cover, isn't there? Yeah. And I liked that um, we'd settled on the cover and then... Uh, the song Antihero by Taylor Swift came out a couple of days afterwards and it was, well, the this song perfectly captures the book and the cover seems to reference the song directly. So that was nice. A nice little what a service. marketing tie-in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What a service. But, you know, I'll take it. It's fine. (laughs) Bless. So you're working on book three as we speak or after you move? Yeah. No, I I am. Are Um, you on one a year now? uh, Not necessarily. I um, very foolishly, when we were negotiating for book one and two, um, they were like, so how long would it take you to finish a second book? And I was just so desperate for any kind of book deal that I was like, I don't know, six months, whatever whatever you need. And then... They believed me foolishly. So then I had six or eight months to get crushing written, which I do not recommend. Don't write a book in six months. Um, oh, no wonder you had all that coffee. Yeah, it's a lot of coffee to get through it. So this one, we're still kind of figuring out deadlines for the third book, just knowing that, yep, six months is is too tight. And to kind of get it um, on shelves by April next year, we probably needed book three finished around April, May this year. And yeah. <laughs> That wasn't going to happen. So it couldn't. No, it's a lot. So it might be um, maybe late next year would be optimistic, but it might be early 2025, which feels like a long way away, but far away when you get it. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And so I met you at the HarperCollins Night Between the Pages, the, mm-hmm. the Bookstagrammy. It was so that cool, one. but yeah. that was it so was, much was fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was great. Anything with a um with a with a bar and a uh, charcuterie station, I'm I'm into it. It was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just had the best night and it was wonderful to have met you. I think you've done a fair bit of publicity though, heaps more than what you should have if you're trying to get a book out for twenty twenty five. Probably. Uh, it was a lot more this time than No Hard Feelings because because of course, of no, course. Feeling, yeah. no one no one knew who this was. No one wanted to, you know, you don't take a risk on a, a debut author because it's not a known quantity. So yeah, quite a bit of promo this time around. I did a couple of books in bars events with Dimmicks, um, mm-hmm. which are always fun. And you have a you have a little chat and a QA and then you sign some books and you mingle and that's that's lovely. And then yeah, in the kind of year since No Hard Feelings has been picked up, I've also started writing for the newspaper. So a lot of articles that tie into that quite nicely. Um, yeah, there has been a lot of a lot of promo going on in and around mm. a chaotic moment in my life where I am <laughs> moving house and trying to sustain friendships and relationships and just, oh, I am tired. <laughs> oh, I bet you must be. You must be. Oh, my goodness a couple of trips to Sydney in the last couple of weeks and both times I just got home sat on my bed and just started crying from exhaustion you know delightful time everyone was super lovely and I had so much fun but you oh yeah but there's only so much energy in a body promo is kind of at odds with the natural state of the author which is to kind of sit back and inspect things as opposed to going out and promoting things and you can embody both things but one is definitely less natural than the other for me. Mm. Oh, goodness. I don't know how you guys do it. I'm in awe. Complain a lot. So that helps. <laughs> All right. Well, I am not going to keep you. I think you should go and run yourself a bath. I have had a ball. Thank you so much. I love oh, crushing. So having- I'll see you next book. I'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> see you later, Genevieve. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> I'll see you later. Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readable podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadable.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there, and that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readable.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free, and I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.